You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. here from the Office for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleship in the Archdiocese of Chicago, and I am your host this morning for On the Way. So looking forward to having a conversation today about evangelization always, but in particular how uh, Mary, Our Lady, helps us to evangelize. And so in this week when we just celebrated the Feast of the Assumption and really celebrating um Mary and the incredible gift that she is for the church, I have asked two of my colleagues, Jose Coronel and and Alicia Posivio, to join me for a conversation about how, through Mary, we can evangelize. So good morning. Good morning. Good morning, morning. Okay. Good morning Beth, and good morning, Jose. Good morning, good morning. So, um, Jose is our senior coordinator for Hispanic um, evangelization, and Alicia is a coordinator of evangelization in our archdiocese. And so each of them has a special devotion to Mary, and I just thought that we could have a conversation uh, just to Um, talk a little bit about the ways in which Mary can bring us closer to Jesus. So, Jose, um, I know that you have done some talks on how Our Lady of Guadalupe and the way in which Our Lady is, in particular for the Hispanic community, someone who has helped bring them closer to Jesus. Could you share with our listeners a little bit of that? Yeah, sure. So, um, First of all, it's it's important to understand a little bit of the background of Our Lady of Guadalupe and uh, how she was so successful in uh, evangelizing uh, almost a, a whole a whole people, right? Um, so as you all are familiar with the, the Spanish conquest, right? Uh, during that time period, many of the indigenous people were in a sense were trying to be converted to Catholicism and were trying to be, in a sense, uh, converted to a new way of being. Mm -hmm. And this new way of being usually meant that they had to lose their identity, who they were, give up their beliefs, give up just everything, their way of life, right? Um, And because there was, because they were being told uh, to leave this behind, there was like a clash, there was resistance. 
and everything associated with with the Spanish way of life we came to see as something that was that would take away from who they were, their essence, uh, what what gave them their identity. And so there there was this clash with that. So they resisted it, and that that's how they also resisted like the in a sense Catholicism because it was related with that attempt to take away who they were. And then fast forward to uh, the year 1531. In that year, Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared to a gentleman called Juan Diego. Mm -hmm. And he himself was an indigenous and uh, the poorest of the poor, right? And and when she appeared to him, uh, she didn't assume to be this a great conqueror. She did not assume to be somebody that was over him, but she identified with him as uh, a mother there to take care of him, there to protect him, there to kind of like in a sense guide him, right? But even more than that, she, uh, as the story progresses, uh, at the end of it, uh, her image was uh, implanted on the tilma that he was wearing. And on that tilma, then we got this beautiful image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And when an indigenous person saw that image, they automatically believed in, in a sense, who Jesus was. They accepted the Catholic faith just by looking at the image. Mm. Um, so that, that in, in the Hispanic community, in a sense, that's where our love for Our Lady of Guadalupe comes from because she, in a sense, is a symbol of God hearing the suffering of the people mm-hmm. uh, and also being born into or incarnating themselves into the lived reality of the people and speaking to their reality and through their reality, bringing them to a belief in who God is. Uh, not so much as a, we want to take away your identity, but rather we want to bring your identity to its fullest of uh in who christ is and the image of our lady of guadalupe is very christocentric so since then um in the within the hispanic community there's been this love for our lady of guadalupe for acknowledging who we are Mm. so can i interrupt you for a second yeah tell me um i know that her image um was very significant the way in which she um represented herself can you share with our listeners a little bit about that? Because you're saying by seeing the image, they said, oh, wow, I believe in Jesus. So what was it about her image that was so significant? Actually, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm not <laughs> sure if our viewers will be able to see this little statue that I have, but I'll be describing the image along the way. Well, our radio listeners cannot, but those on YouTube can. <laughs> so you're going to have to be very descriptive for our listeners. All right. So... The image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, this is just a little statue. It's not the, the real one, but uh, you'll get the the sense of it as well. So in the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, one of the things to highlight first is that she is in front of the sun, mm-hmm. right? Uh, as you can see it right here. And the sun for the indigenous people uh, represented the sun god, Okay. right? Mm-hmm. So she was in front of the sun, symbolizing that she was greater than the sun. Mm-hmm. But she did not uh, um, overshadow it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in a sense, that's showing, in a sense, like her humanity as well. And then right here at the bottom, uh, she is standing on on the moon, 
the moon was another one of their their goddesses as well. Ah, okay. And so again, symbolizing she's greater than that god, mm -hmm. but she's still not a, a god herself. Mm -hmm. And there's the little angel over here that usually is depicted with clouds and being held, right? Here, it shows that she came down uh, from heaven on her own, uh, and she was not necessarily part of the Spanish uh, conquistadores. Ah, okay. But it was just like she was here of her own free will and her own free choosing. Uh-huh. And then... Um, the red dress that she has on uh, symbolizes uh, many things. Uh, one of them is the blood that was spilled from the indigenous, mm. recognizing their suffering. Um, but it also symbolizes the rising uh, of the sun and a sunset. Mm. Uh, and with that, the symbolism for the indigenous was uh, new life and death oh, at okay. the same time. Uh -huh. So like the resurrection and life, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, so, so they saw that, and then important also is the way that she is that her gaze, right? She's kind of looking downward. Uh, usually, for the indigenous, if somebody uh, were to look you like straight in the eye or uh -huh. look look above you, it they would say they were kind of like imposing themselves on you, mm -hmm. right? But with her gaze looking downward, it symbolized uh, humility. Mm. I I'm here with you. I care for you. Is compassion, love is what it, they understood. Mm -hmm. And with her hands uh, in the shape of a like uh, praying hands, uh, this was like a, looking for a house, right? I'm looking for a place to stay. Uh, why? Because she the little black uh, belt around her waist that you, you probably won't be able to see here, uh, but that symbolizes that she is pregnant and uh and who is she pregnant with well of course for us we know it's jesus and the way they understood that it was jesus himself was for two reasons in the around right above the belt in the original painting you can see there is like a, a goldish flowery flower that's there symbolizing like a deity Right. Mm -hmm. And then on you won't see it here because it, it doesn't show it. Mm -hmm. But around her neck, there's like a what's called a brooch, maybe mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a brooch that has a, like a little a cross, a Christian cross. Mm -hmm. So when they saw those two things, they said, oh, wait a second. So there this is actually in line with what the missionaries are teaching us. Mm -hmm. So they started making that connection and the mantle that the blue that she has is a, a symbol of divinity or royalty or a connection with the divine mm. and the stars on the man mantle well you don't see them here either but the stars on the mantle um what they it alluded to a comet that had uh crossed the night sky about 10 years ago and for them before the the conquest and that for them symbolized the end of an era, that at the end of an era was coming. And so when they saw the stars on the mantle, they're like, the, the end of the era came, but this is also the sign of a new era that's beginning. So they, that's how they marked and, and that's how they associated all of this. Like through this one image, like they were able to pull that rich tradition of our Catholic faith that they were being taught and were able to connect it with like saying, this will be, this uh baby that will be born from this woman who is human uh is 
God in essence. And he is he he cares about us and he will be here for us. He will guide us in a sense. Uh and Mary was just that uh that vehicle that that God is uh, using, in a sense, to bring about this conversion. But Mary understood who the people were. Mm. So she spoke their language, their customs, their traditions. Because where she uh, appeared was on, on a, a hill, or I'm not sure what it, how it would be translated to, to English, but like a hill on the hillside of, of, of things, where there used to be a, a goddess called Donantin. And Tonantin was the, the mother of the gods that gave life to gods. Uh, so she used that symbology uh, also where she appeared to make them know, let them know like, yes, uh, I'm appearing here because I am the mother of the one true God, but I myself am not God. So they, she used that symbology and their experience uh, to be able to speak their language compared to the way that the conquistadors were doing, right? They wanted mm -hmm. to impose their culture, their beliefs, everything that they came with on them. And that's where the resistance was met because they didn't understand the way they understood reality or the way they perceived reality. And in this way, the way she did it was like, I know you, I'm using your language, I'm using your traditions, your customs to express and uh, who Jesus is and who he is for me and who he is for you as well. Thank you so much, Jose, for really explaining that. When we come back from break, um, let's have a uh, continue our conversation about different Marian apparitions. Sorry. <laughs> back with more on the way after this break. Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement Program has been especially busy this year, assisting individuals and families who have fled dangerous situations in their homeland, including Afghanistan and the Ukraine. The Refugee Resettlement Team helps with everything they need to start to rebuild their lives in a new country, including housing, employment, clothing, food, English classes, and referrals for legal and immigration services. The refugees are tremendously grateful for the compassion and practical help they're receiving, and they're giving back and helping each other plan for a brighter, safer future. Volunteer opportunities are currently available for those who would like to be family mentors and tutors so children and adults can practice English. To learn more about these rewarding opportunities, call 312-655-7096. That's 312-655-7096. This is year 44 for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it. I see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill. People are always amazed. What? what? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. 
<laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Catholic Charities has had the privilege of helping people in need in Cook and Lake County for more than 100 years. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our frontline workers who, despite the unprecedented challenges of the past two years, continue to excel at their jobs every day. From the warehouse staff members who pack boxes of nutritious foods for low-income seniors, to the dedicated WIC employees who have remained open for families with children under the age of five, to our volunteers and restaurant partners who ensure that meals are available for those experiencing hunger, to our service coordinators and our professional counselors who continue their vital work in innovative ways, to our food pantry staff and to all those who work at Catholic Charities Call Center, finding solutions for every person who reaches out to us for help. Charity is at the heart of all you do and we salute you. Can a dead man come back to life? For this I know I'm only alive Because I'm a man that calls Jesus Christ I'm a dead man walking, come back to life Welcome back to On The Way. I'm Beth White, your host for this morning. We are talking this morning about Mary and the way in which Our Lady can bring people closer to her son. Uh, she can be utilized for a way to evangelize, and she has been through the centuries, in particular through her various operations. I have with me today Jose Caranal, who was just sharing with us about the history and deep understanding of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and also with us is Alicia Posivio. So Alicia, um, would you love to share with us one of the apparitions that's closest to your heart, Mary, that um, the form of Mary that speaks most to you? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so me being Polish, my uh, the image that I carry has been I, I've been carrying in my heart uh, is of course uh, the image of the icon of Black Madonna. Uh, known also as uh, Our Lady of Częstochowa. Uh, the history of that image, of that icon, is uh, um, very uh, interesting, but it's also, there are part of, the, 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 the history is not documented all the way through, but the legend uh, says that this uh, Black Madonna is an original painting painted by St. Luke, uh, on a piece of tabletop uh, built by St. Joseph for the Holy uh, Family. Uh, uh, some even say that that tabletop was used for the, uh, for the Last Supper, uh, but of course this is the le legend. So uh, according to that legend, uh, the painting was found by uh, St. Helen uh, when she was searching for the true cross in Jerusalem. Uh, she brought that, uh, um, back, that painting back with her and uh, gave to her uh, son. Uh, so this is the legend. And, and, then, and then the, the documentation is uh, saying that the document... Uh, History of this painting is known from 1382, I would say, 
when the prince, when we know that Prince uh, Ladislav uh, was an owner of that painting. Uh, he uh, was traveling with that icon through Poland, uh, um, escaping and trying to, to put that painting in hiding uh, to protect uh, so this is why actually the, the 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 name Black Madonna came because it was always it, it's been always in hiding, uh, so become black. Uh, this is a little sidebar, uh, but he was traveling through Poland uh, and you know like all days. 14 centuries, of course, she was looking, she was using wagons and horses. Uh, for one of the nights, he stopped in the small town of Częstochowa uh, on the south uh, side of Poland, um, just to rest. Uh, uh, next day, uh, as they packed and they were trying to uh, go farther on the journey, uh, the horses wouldn't go. The horses didn't want uh, to go any farther than Częstochowa. So that was taken as a great sign from God and saying that God and Our Lady wants to uh, wants to stay here uh, in this town of Częstochowa, uh, Jasna Góra, or uh, the Shrine of Black Madonna, what is what has been known now. Now, uh, I said that this is the image that I uh, carry in my heart, uh, and it's close to my heart, and that's true. Uh, um, I, as a teenager, as a student, uh, a college student, uh, as many Polish people still do to this very, to this very days, I uh, walked in these pilgrimages. Uh, which were like 300, 300 kilometers long, uh, 10 days of walking. Mm. Um, and we walked through uh, the whole country just mm. for the, uh, uh, just to celebrate uh, the Feast of Annunciation with uh, other people. Uh, so Our Lady, I would say, Our, Our Lady of Częstochowa uh, for us Pol Polish people, uh, has always stood as an essence of perfect, I would say, perfect motherhood, loving, forgiving. She's the one who protects her children. Uh, uh, and then also she is the one who shares the grief with her sons and daughters, uh, grief of those who uh, lost their children through the very uh, turbulent history of Poland. Mm -hmm. And so she wanted to the the story goes she wanted to stay in Chestahova so there was a um there was a shrine built for her there uh is that how it goes yes uh, thank you thank you but yes that's how it goes so she decided to stay in Częstochowa, there was a shrine built, and but that, of course, was not the end of uh, all of these troubles and problems, uh, because Częstochowa was um, was part of uh, many uh, different battles and and, and wars, and uh, at one point Częstochowa was uh, attacked. Uh, by Tatars, uh, and Tatars were invading Częstochowa, and, and they uh, were trying to uh, steal that beautiful image and beautiful icon, and and, and while uh, in the battle they uh, dropped that in the, uh, on the ground, they couldn't, uh, they, they couldn't live with that, that painting, and then because of the anger uh, that Mary was protecting. So Mary was protecting Częstochowas, was protecting Polish people from uh, uh, from losing freedom. 
So out of anger, uh, they inflicted the image uh, uh, with, so this is why when we look at Mary of Częstochowa, we can see um, uh, the wounds uh, in, in, on her face, right, on, the, on, on one of her cheeks. Uh, and the wounds were um, given by uh, the Tatar soldier uh, when uh, the renovation time and when the, the, the image was, uh, uh, the, the, the icon, when the icon was uh, placed in the shrine, there was a huge debate if they want to uh, renovate and, and hit and and paint uh, over the wounds, the scarves uh, on her uh, cheeks, or they will just live like that. And uh, obviously, the discussion uh, won those who said, well, we just let's leave it as a sign of her suffering for us and her, her suffering with us. Uh, there's also a, a very great, like Mary was, Mary is a, plays huge uh, role in the Polish history. Um, in the, during the World War II, during the post-war uh, communist time, uh, Mary is the one who uh, we associate with many uh, wings of the Polish soldiers during different battles and during the communist time. So why um, why is that so significant? Why is Mary's presence? Why is that? Um, believed choice that she wanted to stay in Czestochowa, so uh, deeply rooted in the Polish experience. Why, why Mary? You said she's a mother who protects, but um, yeah, why? Uh, well, it's a great question. I, I don't think there is like one easy answer mm -hmm. to that, but Mary is uh, is is very close to the Polish soul, I would say. Mm -hmm. And Mary is this one who uh, knows how to uh, suffer, uh, just as the Polish people were suffering through the whole history. Uh, but, so they could uh, identify uh, with her, like, and she met them uh, in that space. Uh, yes, and Polish people started uh, started uh, visiting that shrine, and mm -hmm. uh, that shrine, that image, is uh, linked to many uh, miracles. Mm. So we know that if you, if you, I'm not sure if you visit, but whoever visited the shrine of, of uh, Częstochowa is always struck with the numbers of um, uh, different type of uh, gifts given to Mary as a, um, as a gra gratitude for uh, healing people, healing, uh, giving, um, for, 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 for the prayers being answered. So you can see uh, crutches when people couldn't walk. You can see uh, like they were hanging uh, uh, on the walls uh, as a sign of uh, people who came to the shrine uh, couldn't walk and, and they, they came to, to the shrine uh, supported by the crutches, but then they walked uh, on their own. So as a gift, uh, and uh, gratitude for this miracle, they, they were leaving that in front of Mary. So to this very days, that place, uh, Częstochowa, Our Lady of, is known as a place of many miracles and, and healings, and uh, also a place where people, Polish people, during, especially during the communist time, they, feel, they felt safe. Mm. And they felt at home. Uh, uh, that was the place. That was the sign of freedom. Uh, that was uh, the place where we 
which was visited by also by some politicians who were fighting for freedom. And and um, Mary was, of course, uh, that place was, of, of, of course, huge for St. John uh, Paul II, uh, who is, uh, you know, like the, called the greatest son of the Polish um, Polish land. So we will continue our conversation about Mary and the different ways that Mary has um, identified and helped identify with different peoples and helped them grow closer to her son when we come back from our break. Thank, thanks for joining us on, on the way. At Catholic Charities, we want to remind you that we are here for anyone who is a victim of domestic violence or anyone who has a concern about someone they think may be a victim. Domestic violence affects millions of people each year, both women and men, of every race, religion, culture, and economic status. It includes physical, psychological, and emotional abuse inflicted in both subtle and overt ways. The impact on children can be devastating. If you or someone you know are victims of domestic violence and you are looking for a place for healing and recovery, call us at 773-935-3434 in Cook County and 224-430-4977 in Lake County. A safer, happier tomorrow can begin today. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. 
You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to On The Way. I'm Beth White, your host this morning for On The Way. Uh, I am the director for the Office of Evangelization and Missionary Discipleship in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And with me today, uh, we continue our conversation with two of my colleagues, Jose Coronel and Alicia Posivio. And we are talking about Mary as a way to Jesus, as a way to evangelize. And Jose, at the top of the show, talked to us a little bit about uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, her history. And um, Alicia talked to us about the Black Madonna or Our Lady of Chestahova. Um, just to clarify one thing, uh, Alicia, was was Poland Catholic when she arrived, or was, did she bring Christianity to Poland? Yes, Poland was already Catholic. Uh, uh, the uh, baptism of Poland happened in 1966, um, uh, and so Poland was already was already Catholic. Uh, and the devotion of Mary was uh, already there, but was never, uh, like, she was the one who brought people together in that devotion. Excellent, excellent. So it's interesting to me when we talk about um, Our Lady of Guadalupe, she, the conquistadors, were trying to force a Christianity on the, um, the indigenous community. And she brought with her... Um, she came to bring people closer to Christ, but meeting them where they were at. And that's very, um, it's very much what we talk about in evangelization, the need to meet people where they are at and, and make that connection. And then Our Lady of Chestahova kept the hope alive during times when things were really difficult. And I would say Guadalupe as well, but that sense of keeping people as they were being conquered over and over again, connected to their roots. So it's very interesting how Mary um, animates for people, for peoples, this connection to their culture and their history. Um, there are other, there are other, many other Marian um, um, apparitions. Do we see a connection between those as well, uh, keeping people connected to their roots or helping them come closer to a newness? Do you, do either of you have any instincts in that? I would like to say that there are because I don't know too many apparitions, but she always uh, speaks to the people based on where they find themselves, mm -hmm. you know, yep. to their lived reality. And, and I think that's where she begins. I think that is uh, a common denominator in most of the apparitions, right. I would say. Right, right. She's very approachable um, mm -hmm. in a way that um, brings comfort, ease. There's a humility. Um, there's a connection. Um, Alicia. I think it's... Oh, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Go ahead, Alicia. Go ahead. So, so... Uh, 
I spoke before about Black Madonna and Our Lady of Częstochowa, which is for our Polish people is uh, most important image and icon of uh, 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 of Mary. But just recently, starting maybe maybe in eighties or nineties, there is uh, there is a new icon uh, of Mary is uh, winning. Uh, Polish hearts in Poland, which is uh, Mary uh, carrying Holy Spirit in front mm. of her. The icon was painted by Carmelite sisters in uh, 1980s. Uh, and for me, it's a sign like Mary, uh, we, we are taking, as a Polish people, we are taking different approach to, towards our devotion to Mary. Uh, now Mary is the one who is helping us and, and she's carrying Holy Spirit, like she's pointing us uh, and teaching us uh, how to uh, ask Holy Spirit for assistance, how to carry Holy Spirit with us, how to invite Holy Spirit to guide us in uh, our lives. Uh, I Working at the evangelization office and being the co coordinator of evangelization, I cannot tell you how much I love that image and how much that image speaks to me. Mm. Uh, so in that image, I see like Mary is the one who, who is helping me to learn how to listen to God's word and how to actively act actively listen to God, God God's words and and also caring that that Holy Spirit in me and giving to others. Um, but what I wanted okay. to add to, uh, I'm sorry, no, what I wanted to add uh, before was also that uh, in that sense, no, like if there are those uh, similarities between the different apparitions, it's because it is Mary herself in the same Mary, right? So in essence, we're talking about who Mary is mm -hmm. uh, to us. And yeah, I think that's why they're all very similar. We just see different sides of her in these different operations or maybe different personalities or i'm not sure how you would describe it but but different aspects of who she is in a sense yeah. but she is the same mary yeah i think i think she the same mary as you said jose can play a different roles it depends on the time of the history of the country or church or our personal life right like she can be uh she can be perfect uh, example of, uh, of a dis disciple for us now, a missionary disciple. She can protect us during the time, dark times. And uh, so mm -hmm. I think her role also depends, like, it, it's amazing, like, like she can play different roles in our, in our lives. What's interesting is that we just celebrated the Feast of the Assumption, and the, Assum the Feast of the Assumption is that Mary... Uh, body and soul in every way was assumed up in heaven. And so she's not. there's no grave somewhere. She actually is in heaven bodily, just like Jesus was resurrected um, and went, ascended his body. And so it's really interesting because there's a deep connection between those apparitions and the fact that Mary, that we believe that Mary is um, fully assumed into heaven. Therefore, she can come back with her body it's a very interesting, the connection between that feast day and the ability for those apparitions. Um, it's, it's rather unique um, because, right? I mean, um, and, and meeting people where they're at in time and place. And I think, I think that's what's interesting about the Roman Catholic Church is that there isn't one culture. There is a, there is a liturgy in a way that we believe and we have 
obviously we share the Bible and we share the Pope and we share all of these things. But culturally distinct, um, we live out our Catholicism based on where we are. And Mary is a big part of that, right? Because we, it's, it's fascinating how many countries um, around the world, how many peoples have Marian apparitions and that they um, pull on that. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the risk of the focus on Mary uh, for our evangelization efforts. Um, we talk about this once in a while in the office, um, how Mary is very much pointing us toward Jesus. She always was. Um, at the very first miracle, do what he says, right? The, the, the wedding feast of Cana. Um, do as he tells you, right? And it, she's always pointing to her son. It was always about her son. It was never supposed to be about Mary. Um, and um, speak a little bit about the risk, Jose, of when folks can get stuck in just focusing on Mary. Right. So I, I think I can speak to this from my own personal experience. You know, um, growing up, always there was a, a big devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, it's kind of like a, a big cultural component to being, in a sense, Mexican. You know, like if you I worked at a Mexican school, Mexican I know. And do not <laughs> believe in, in Our Lady of Guadalupe, then you cannot consider yourself to be Mexican, <laughs> right? So it's like a, a like a staple for who we are. Um, but as I was saying, you know, growing up, I, I had my questions about faith and like God, who is God and why is he on the cross? And then I also had uh, questions like, well, if, if Jesus is God, then why do we worship Mary on our lady, uh, on the piece of our lady of Guadalupe? And like, she's not God. We don't do such a big grand feast for Jesus' birth. So what's kind of like happening here is what I started asking myself. Um, and, I, and the more that I asked these questions, the more I came to realize that um, partly there was a danger to see almost Mary as another God if it wasn't clearly, uh, if, if her message was not completely understood. So, for example, I myself never had given the time to read the Nikan Mopoat, which is like the account of the early of uh, of our, our leader Guadalupe's apparition, like like the history of it. Mm -hmm. And in it, uh, I had never taken the into in my mind, it was like, well, she just wanted a basilica for her, for her, for her, for her. You know, so why are we going to basilica to worship her? You know? But then as I was reading it more in depth, uh, I came to realize, well, at every point of the way, like you said, she was always saying, it's for Jesus. We do this for him. It's him, it's him, it's him. But somehow that message is obscured. Uh, and it can be seen in the fact that how culturally it has been appropriated with uh, a TV show, show called La Rosa de Guadalupe, where it transmits the complete opposite message of Jesus is the one that does the miracles, right? Oh, but is it our shows lady her do all she the miracles? Is the one. Oh, okay. Yeah, but and it shows her as she's the one that's doing the miracles. I think you mentioned this once that it was like similar to Touched by, by an Angel. Oh, show, yes, Touched of. by an Angel, yes. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. similar to that. So that is the danger uh, when we don't really 
show like the richness behind it and what her true message is when it is obscured or when just one aspect of the message is highlighted over the others. Mm -hmm. That is a danger that could lead people to just say, oh, Mary, or the danger of saying that Mary is God when mm -hmm. she really is not God. Mm -hmm. And and I think we see that in in the United States where Christmas and Easter have become very secular holidays where people who don't really believe in Jesus are like celebrating. Um, and so the same thing can happen with Our Lady of Guadalupe. It becomes just a big festival for some people, right? So when we come mm -hmm. back from break, we'll continue our conversation uh, with Alicia and Jose from the Office for Evangelization here in the Archdiocese of Chicago. Can a dead man come back to life? For this I know I'm only alive Because I'm a man that calls Jesus Christ I'm a dead man walking, come back to life Well, I'm on my way I can't get there on my own I have a skate We are hiring. Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago is looking for mission-driven individuals who want to help make a positive difference in the lives of people in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Be part of a diverse, talented team of professionals in the largest human services organization in the Midwest. We are dedicated to helping people chart a more stable, happier future for themselves, and we accompany anyone in need, regardless of faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. Competitive salaries and generous benefits add to the satisfaction you'll have every day knowing that you're helping us amplify our impact in Chicago. To see our list of employment opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net. I can't imagine myself going into any other school. Our school fosters growth by being a backbone to our family. My kids are incredibly well-rounded. I see a lot of kindness in them on a daily basis. One of the things I think Catholic schools do well is personalize the learning experience. You can hear joy in the classrooms. I feel that like I'm happy that I am in this kind of school. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment. Come see for yourself. Visit artschicago.org slash findaschool. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 
Hi, I'm Beth White, and you are listening to On The Way. We are talking today about Our Lady and how she can help us evangelize. And so with me are Jose Coronel and Alicia Posivio, both from the Office for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleship. Thank you both for being with us. We've talked about Our Lady Guadalupe and Our uh, Our Lady of Czestochowa, and we've talked about the tradition of two communities, the Polish community and the Mexican community. Um, so I'm going to turn the table slightly in our last segment here. So... Jose and Alicia, how do you think we can use Our Lady to help us evangelize today? Thoughts? I was waiting for that question. (laughs) (laughs) You can start then. Uh, Because this is my my joy, my uh, recent, uh, I I would say, discovery. When I... uh, I look at Mary as, as I mentioned before, she's the one who's like in that image and that icon, he's carrying Holy Spirit. But I look at Mary both as a model for a disciple, Mm -hmm. for missionary disciple, Mm -hmm. and also as the one who is accompanying us in our own uh, missionary discipleship. and for for that, I think we uh, Mary can play a huge role in uh, in what we do uh, when we are aware of her presence and when we are aware that she is with us and she is uh, she is helping us to point. Uh, she, like, as she's pointing to Jesus, she wants us uh, uh, to point other others also to Jesus. So for me, it's very comforting when I know that Mary is with me and she's supporting me and she's helping me uh, in in all of these efforts. Uh, But uh, Mary is also this one who, from whom I, as a disciple and as a missionary disciple, I can can learn how to listen to uh, God's word uh, in an active way. she is the one who also teaches me how to be silent sometimes. Uh, as a missionary disciple, as a disciple, I, uh, in my journey uh, and um, getting close to Jesus, there are moments that I need to be silent and meditate on God's word and, and take them in uh, deeper. And, and, and I can learn a lot uh, from Mary how to do it. Uh, but the greatest, uh, the greatest thing about Mary in evangelization is like uh, the, the the Bible says just a little bit about Mary. We don't know a lot about Mary from the Gospels, right, and from the Bible. But we know what the life of a woman in that time looked like, and we know what she may have went through. We can easily imagine uh, her pain. Maybe we cannot imagine, but we know that the pain was great when Jesus was crucified and she worked through the very, very painful moment of our lives. Uh, Yet uh, she uh, was faithful, yet she was uh, focused on Jesus, yet she was uh, giving Jesus, uh, uh, giving others uh, comfort and peace. And I think this is what definitely we can learn from Mary uh, in in evangelization. I think very similar to what Alicia said, you know, I think, yeah, we can learn many things from Mary. And uh, for me in particular, uh, directly from Our Lady of Guadalupe, is a little bit to what you were saying beforehand too, Beth, was, uh, you know, Our Lady of Guadalupe showed up at a time where people 
there was a clash of cultures, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think the way that she came about to evangelize the community is something that we can also learn from her. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say, first and foremost, she cared about the people, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I, that's one thing that we can learn from her, even in, in our time today. Uh, how do we care for people? Mm-hmm. It's like often you say, what do we want for them instead mm-hmm. of what do we want from them, yep. right? Like the conquistadores wanted them to uh, accept Jesus, right? But she wanted for them to be known, to be loved, to be accepted, to be walked with. Um, and to be that's known one that they were do. seen by God yes. as, as they belonged and they were enough, just as mm-hmm. they were. They didn't have to change everything about themselves to belong to God, right? Exactly. Yeah. And and I think that that principle, that idea is kind of like can be our starting point even mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as people who go to Mass on a weekly basis, uh, we have a devotion to Mary. I think that's one thing we can learn from her, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to understand that people find themselves in different parts on the journey. Some don't believe. Some might be Catholic and they might have gone away. But she teaches us to accept them where they are, right? Mm-hmm. And walk with them um, in that sense. But also to get to know them. Because she, in order for that image to have really been successful, she had to really know who they were, mm-hmm. right? And, and she used their imagery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She used their language. And that's why they came to Jesus. And that's Mm -hmm. why they accepted Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's not necessarily about using Our Lady of Guadalupe. It it could be. I mean, there are people who've grown up with that culturally in their background and, and utilizing that as a connector. But really learning from the ways in which Mary, through time, has reached for people, right? But also the biblical Mary, um, the whole concept that she took she took so many risks that she said yes that she that she was willing to really face this unknown without any guarantees without any understanding of what any of this meant and that is sort of evangelization right it's this sense of you just put the trust in god and that god will bring about whatever god has in mind that god's going to bring about it isn't um, for us to hold back, it's to us to embrace that, right? And I think that's the beauty of the Mary story also, is that she was poor. She was a young mother. She was a refugee. She was um, struggling probably to make men ends meet, right? She was trying to raise this young man that she didn't even understand the mystery of who he fully was. But did in her heart she pondered it but was like what does this mean and then only to come to the reality of what it was going to mean was that he was going to suffer the cruelest death and to be present for that and then to try to sustain this community that he had put together these you can only imagine those disciples were all turning to her like mom like help us right and so um there's just this beauty of this very strong woman not a god at all, a human person who is a part of salvation history. And there's something that we can really, I think all of us can own in that, that we are called to bear Christ in our own lives and bring him, right, to others. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 
Yes, yes, I truly believe that her experience can easily resonate with uh, people today. Mm -hmm. uh, we can find uh, ourselves, our experience and her experiences. We can uh, look at her uh, and, and, and learn from her. Uh, for me personally, is uh, the most powerful is the annunciation uh, mm. when she's saying uh, yes uh, to love uh, of Christ, to Christ, uh, when she doesn't know yet what that will, that, that means for her. Right. And she probably couldn't imagine uh, what that will mean for her in the future. We know that through our work and evangelization, uh, we want to we, we want to bring people to meet Jesus, uh, to uh, to encounter Jesus. Uh, encountering Jesus, we know that does not always mean, uh, unfortunately, choosing Jesus. So she can be the one who will help. Uh, we can um, she can help to for for those who encounter Jesus and, and met Jesus uh, to actually follow him, make the, the decision, and see that the decision the decision the decision the decision is not always easy. Uh, no, I think Mary best. Mary shows us that your life can be turned upside down. Right? It right. isn't at all yes. what you might expect. And mm -hmm. even the mother of God did not have an easy time of it, right? So, I mean, we right. don't know anything about the hidden years. Um, you know there had to be so much joy and so much love and so much, you know, all of that. But we see a lot of the struggle and the pain that, um, that she had to go through. And so when you live in a world that has evil and darkness, you know, it isn't always going to be an easy row of it when you when you choose Christ, right? But there is a deeper joy that is there mm -hmm. that Mary can teach us. Yeah. Any closing thoughts or words about Mary for our listeners? Jose, anything? You know, as you as you were talking, uh, a couple of, uh, for me, my to help my own understanding of Mary, uh, specifically through Our Lady of Guadalupe, is like, you know, I had not thought about this before, but uh, as you were saying that Mary herself was poor, how she suffered, right? And then I thought back, well, yeah, Juan Diego too, like, you know, he was indigenous, he was mm -hmm. poor, mm -hmm. he was suffering. He had his doubts about uh, whether he should believe what she was saying and mm -hmm. take care of his uncle who was gravely ill mm -hmm. and was about to die mm -hmm. and whether he should trust her or not. And then, then at the end, she appeared to him again, like, believe in, not believe in me, but trust me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, things will be good. We'll, your your uncle will be fine. And then I, I think back to the annunciation, like Alicia just said, too, like, you know, like the angels there. How can this be? You Christ. know? And it's like, I had not made th those connections oh, yet, yeah. but. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. Live. So, <laughs> Thank you both for your time this morning to talk about Our Lady and how she can play a role in our evangelization efforts. So thank you both, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. 